When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. friends, Carrie here, just me. This is like my solo episode, which true story I thought was going to be easier. I'm like, I can talk about anything. And now that I'm trying to record it, I'm like, Ugh, I don't know what to talk about. I'm not interesting enough alone. I miss you already, Ashley. Anyway, yeah. So as you know, we've been doing these little unedited mini episodes and this one's mine. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about something that I know a whole lot about, unfortunately, and that's menopause. So whether you're already in it, which you probably aren't, because most people, most listeners are my age or a little bit younger. But if you are in the throes of menopause or if you're not quite there yet, let me give you some tips that I have learned on this journey, having gone through it completely by the time I was 45. Yeah, newsflash. I haven't had a period in almost two years and I'm 45. That sucker hit hard. Yeah, I think that like, it's sort of like, I don't know. I had a mom that was a nurse and I mean, I still have a mom who's a nurse, but who taught me every little thing about getting my period so that when I got my period or at least anticipating getting my period, I was like, oh, I'm going to totally know everything. Then I got my period and I pulled down my pants and it looked like I shit my pants instead of having gotten my period. I thought it was going to be a red. And then it was like, I didn't know anything. So I sort of feel like that's how menopause has been. I knew a lot about it as much as I guess anybody uh, knows about it, which is not a whole lot. But I thought that, you know, I would have the hot flashes and my period would start getting getting spotty. And then that would go on for like eight to 10 years. And then I would fully not get my period anymore. That's not what happened to me. So I'm just going to tell you some things I've learned because no one wanted to diagnose me, I think because I was so young. And I also just think the world is going through a menopause revolution. Women are just like, yeah, we're not dead yet. So this is uh, what happens and we're going to let everybody know. So here I am. Okay. So First things first, hot flashes. I did start getting hot flashes, but because I had a baby and then I had menopause so quickly after, it really felt a whole lot like right after you have the baby. Remember when you had those sweats where your hormones were just like dropping and being crazy? Whether it was like the first couple nights after you came home from the hospital or when you stopped breastfeeding, those drenching sweats that were so disgusting in the middle of the night, you get them just like all the time. You get them in the night, you get them all day. They can feel like dizziness and nausea. They could feel like um, like you're going to pass out, but it's just hot and sweating. And with that comes a kind of anger. And you're at first like, oh my God, I'm just angry because I'm hot. But it's an irritated kind of anger. And that anger doesn't just come with the flash. It comes all the time. Like thinking I would murder people, like that kind of anger. And it's out of nowhere. Just everything irritates you. Your skin gets really dry. You might get rashy. You might get itchy. Your feet start looking. I know I'm making it sound awesome, right? Your feet start looking like old lady feet because you're just so dry. Everything is dry. There is not enough moisturizer available. Sex drive goes down for sure. And then when you do have intercourse, at least what from what I've experienced, and I've always used quite a bit of lube when I have sex, but it doesn't help. 
because it'll slip it in, right? Whatever, whatever is slipping in. But then once it's in there, it's like dry inside. So something that I've noticed a lot of menopause companies are doing and I'm going to try is kind of like a bullet suppository kind of looking thing, similar to like the meno- um, the monostat ones. Uh, I guess so that the inside, it melts it and then you're lubricated from the inside because it just doesn't feel good and it feels kind of painful at first. What else? I mean, it really sounds awesome, doesn't it? Um, your midsection, you start to gain weight in your midsection and no amount of eating or exercising, you know, really changes that. Nothing you can do. It will fluctuate a pound or two, but you're really kind of stuck. And then the biggest thing that I didn't realize, and again, you know, they say that symptoms may vary. I had a kind of brain fog that was unlike anything. I, I mean, I, if you guys listen to the show, I thought that I had a brain tumor. I couldn't remember my own name. I'd be, you know, at school pickup or whatever. They'd be like, your name? And I'd be like, oh, that's funny. Yeah, my name. Um, Give me a second. I just got crazy dumb. I <laughs> just totally spaced out. I couldn't, I kept forgetting things. I also during this time found it really, really difficult to concentrate. Um, Aside from forgetting everything, I started to feel overwhelmed and just angry all the time. It really felt like I was losing my mind and losing control. It turned out it was all menopause. Um, Getting on hormones has helped, but it's really hard to get them prescribed, in my opinion. I have high blood pressure and it seems like they want to put you on birth control even though you have high blood pressure or they it's easier just to put you on birth control. They don't really ask a whole lot of questions. If you have high blood pressure, they still will put you on birth control. But getting any kind of topical hormone, they don't want to do, which doesn't make much sense because birth control is also a hormone. Yeah, they just won't do it. Trying to find a doctor that takes all of these things seriously enough to want to give you medicine to improve your quality of life. I mean, it's not even just about quality of life. It's also just about the higher risks of stuff, higher risk of diabetes when you have that extra weight and insulin resistance that comes from menopause. It's called called menopause insulin resistance. So there's actually dangers, health dangers, but they just like don't want to give it to you. So I recommend going to, you know, your primary care doctor, your gyno and endocrinologist, get all the blood tests and try to advocate for yourself. For me, I couldn't go on living like that with that kind of cortisol levels, with that extra weight that was making me pre-diabetic, with being straight up a crazy person who couldn't remember anything and felt like she was going to really mess something up or be so scattered that something bad would happen. And then all that anger, it just was not sustainable. I think I had it more intense because like I said, it usually takes about 10 years, but instead it happened in a year and a half for me. So I'm guessing my hormone level drop and craziness uh, was more intense because it happened over a shorter period of time. But um, yeah, crazy, man. I'm The best thing I can say is if you feel like your life is out of your hands and you have been having other symptoms that could possibly be early menopause, it might be that. <laughs> it might be that. Uh, yeah. So that's my experience with menopause. And it's just been helpful to hear, hear everybody else's experience. And we can all bond with the fact that 
I can't believe that more research hasn't been done on it. And I can't believe that people are so hesitant to want to like make our lives be anywhere okay. They're just like, nah, it's menopause. That's it. No, we should be able to feel and live our lives well, regardless of whether we are quote unquote, like vital or whether we're out to pasture with menopause. So they say. Honestly, I feel like I just rambled on like a batshit crazy person. So I think I'll move on. Okay, so I'm gonna do a meditation because my other shtick is that, I mean, one of my many other shticks is I'm a meditation teacher. So if you are driving, you know, you can meditate, don't close your eyes, obviously. But if you're at home, maybe go to a place where you can be quiet, lock yourself in a toilet, I don't know, and just uh, find a place where you can reflect, okay? So warning, don't close your eyes when you're driving or walking down the street. You can always do a meditation with your eyes open and just listen, open up your mind, mind, open up your heart, all those other cheesy things. But if you have a chance and you can safely close your eyes and try to go somewhere private, you know, I understand. Good luck with that. But try to do that if you can. All right. So wherever you're standing or sitting, just try to let your body get heavier. Feel your feet on the ground. Let the top part of your body sink into the bottom part of your body. Feel yourself held and supported at the same time. So gravity wonderfully holding you, gripping you, grounding you. And then some sort of tether up to the sky. And you can take that however you want. You can make that a little deeper. Saying that the earth or Mother Earth is holding you and you're lifted up and supported by a larger power or the universe or yourself, but just feel yourself lifted and supported, taking up space, grounded and safe. If your eyes are closed, Just note what your surroundings are. So just remembering what your surroundings were when your eyes were open. And then adjusting to what it's like to have your eyes closed. And if your eyes are open, just soften the gaze. And by that I mean just instead of laser focusing on something, try to expand your vision so that it's encompassing everything. What are the sounds that are directly around you? What smells are around you? especially if you're a parent, that can be a wide range of smells. (laughs) What's the taste that's in your mouth? One of the things is we're noticing, we're sort of witnessing these things without judging them. So instead of your mind being like, yeah, the taste is in my mouth and my breath smells bad, that's a little bit of a judgment. Just sort of witness, my mouth tastes like old coffee. 
It's not a pleasant taste in my mouth. Notice any other kinds of things. So uh, if your eyes are open, what is it that you see? If your eyes are closed, what can you see with your eyes closed? Is there light coming in? Again, the sounds, the smells, the taste in your mouth, the feeling of your clothes on your skin, where do they fit tighter? Where is there sort of a grip? Do your clothes feel heavy or light? What parts of your body are exposed to the air and what parts are covered up? Exploring without judgment, noticing. And just take a big inhale and a nice long exhale. Take that a few more times where you're just paying attention, reminding yourself to inhale and exhale and noticing how it feels to breathe. When you fill up with breath, what parts of your body do you feel it in? Your belly, your ribs, your chest? Is it hard to tell? Is the breath full? Is it low? Is it high? Is it shallow? The quality of that breath? And then just try to elongate. So take more time to inhale and take more time to exhale. And notice if it's harder for you to elongate your inhales or harder for you to elongate your exhales. As a meditation teacher and as a yoga teacher, I'm part science, part like hippie science, you know, real science and hippie science. The hippie science says um, that if you have trouble inhaling the inhale, that it means you have trouble accepting help. And if you have trouble elongating the exhale, it means you have trouble letting go. I've always found that interesting. Again, no judgment. And I just want you to notice what's on the top of your mind. And I want you to notice, with again, without judging. So maybe it is that bill that isn't paid. Or maybe it's something that your child said to you that, or your partner that just keeps lingering. Or your to-do list or whatever it is. Like Just notice without judgment what is taking up the most real estate in your brain right now. And I, I call this method, you know, sort of the say it, call it out method. And I don't mean you really have to say it out loud. You can, but you don't have to. It's not the goal. It's just instead of running away from our thoughts or having a thought and being like, we shouldn't be having that thought because we're supposed to be meditating, which means no thoughts. It's to just call it out. It's to say, hey, 
worry about money. I see you. I hear you rattling, rattling around there in my brain. And I'm just going to say, okay, I, I, I honor that that is what's on the top of my mind right now. It's sort of like when you're on a diet, right? And, and you're saying to yourself, I can't have sugar. But telling yourself that you can't have sugar, your brain just hears sugar, 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 and then it makes it harder to not have sugar. That's how our thoughts are. So the more we're like, I shouldn't be thinking about this, or I wish I didn't feel this way, I wish I wasn't thinking this, the more we're actually still thinking about it. So if we can just acknowledge and say the thing, it moves. It becomes less scary. So say the thing, figuratively, or actually whisper it to yourself. And then scan your body. Witness or notice without judgment what parts of your body are taking up the most real estate or are shouting at you. Is it your stomach? Is it your head? Just notice if your body, and that could be your physical body as in my left knee is a little funky. It's telling me that something's going on. Or it could mean some sort of intuition that when you get quiet with yourself, what comes up? Checking in with your body. Like I said, that could be your physical body or that could just be you as your being. As you sit and get quiet with yourself, see if there's some whispers that you can pay attention to from your body, your mind, your heart, your soul, the whole shebang. And then whatever comes up, both equally try not to judge it, but also whatever comes up, whether it makes sense or not, try to honor it. So maybe when you got quiet, something like the color blue came to mind and you don't really know what it means or it doesn't make sense. Just write it down. Try to make a mental note of it. Don't discard anything that comes up when you're quiet with yourself, even if it doesn't make sense. There's a quote from a famous yoga and meditation teacher that says, yoga, and that's the physical practice of yoga and the meditation practice of yoga, is the act of tolerating the or helps us tolerate the consequences of being ourselves completely. And so it has a much more Eastern way of thinking. In here in the West, we think what's not working, change it, get rid of it, right? We have this idea of New Year's resolution, that there's a bunch of, you know, non-favorable things about ourselves, and we're going to do our best to get rid of those non-favorable things and replace them with favorable things. But that's not how specifically, you know, in Hinduism or, Buddha or Buddhism, we think about it. We are made up of a lot of characteristics unique to us. 
And it's a grab bag. Your anger, your sadness, it's not all bad. There are times in your life when anger is super important. And there are many times in your life that sadness is warranted and important. The idea is that we we honor and we appreciate everything that makes us who we are. The quote, good and the bad and the mundane. We love and accept each and every aspect of ourselves equally. And when we come from a place of non-judgment, when we just really befriend and and love all the things, even the things, again, that you might, you know, the the drinking too much, the, the smoking too many cigarettes, the being a bitch, the, the not being kind, the cheating on the husband, whatever it is. And then we just look at our lives, like what is useful right now or beneficial right now and what is not. And the things that are not useful or beneficial or are helping us, they need to recede more towards the background. And other need things need to come more to the foreground. We don't get rid of it. Sort of like in Back to the Future, when Michael J. Fox goes back and starts tinkering with his life. And all of a sudden, his hand starts to disappear while playing guitar. And his picture, he starts to be erased from his picture. When you start tinkering with all of these things that make you who you are, then you're not yourself anymore. So if you were to get rid of your problems quitting smoking, if you were to get rid of your you know, ego, if you were to get rid of that bitchy quality about yourself, if you were to get rid of that one time that you cheated on a boyfriend, if you were to get rid of that, you wouldn't be who you are today. And so when we stop villainizing or making ourselves feel bad or or breaking ourselves down to a list of, you know, positive and negative things. If we if we stop doing that and we look at ourselves more as fully unique and complicated individuals who are made wonderful and special by everything, we'll become our biggest champion. We befriend and become okay with every dark corner of ourselves. Then it's easier to say, I don't need to have this thing run my life. I don't need this to be in the forefront of my identity. I can let that chill. And instead, this other thing can be my, my more forward thing in my life. I can allow my peacefulness. I can allow my humor. I can allow my loyalty, whatever it is, to be in the forefront and let those other aspects chill out. So in honor of that, just take a take a non-partial look. Be the witness of the self. What are the things in your life that you need certain aspects of self to be in the front? Do you need that part of you that's a warrior? Do you need that part of you that is extra brave and maybe a little extra bitchy. Does that, is that what you need right now in your life? Or maybe right now in your life, you need to be softer. And everyone's going to have a different answer and none of them are wrong. You are you unabashedly. And sitting with yourself in quiet is part of that practice of yoga that helps you tolerate the consequences of being yourself completely. And not just tolerate, 
celebrate. Notice the sounds that are around you. Notice the taste that's in your mouth. What are you seeing with either your eyes open or your eyes closed? How does the skin that's out to the air feel? How do your clothes feel? And once again, focus on taking a big, deep inhale. And a big, deep exhale. Gently start to roll your head from side to side, wiggle your fingers and your toes. And if your eyes are closed, gently start to open them up without snapping them open. You want to keep a meditation with you. You don't want to like take it off like a coat really quickly. You want to keep that beautiful blanket of meditation wrapped around you, but just come more into yourself and the external world. And just the next time that you start to have that self-talk, think about back to the future. Don't make yourself disappear. It's just figuring out what is beneficial and useful in the moment and what isn't and trying to move from there. Don't beat yourself up. You're doing great. All right, well, I think we have maybe one more mini episode, maybe two, two more mini episodes unedited, and then it's back to our content as usual. Thank you so much for listening, and wow, this was harder than I thought doing it by myself. I really miss Ashley, but we'll see you next week. Bye. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at momtouragepodcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is a Cafe Mom podcast written and produced by Ashley Heron-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at Mama Drama Band or mamadramaband.com. 